What sins would you put in a list if you had to make the list of the top five sins that most commonly tempt you? Laziness. Godless thoughts. Ingratitude. Selfishness. Apathy. Pride. Would anger not be near the top? Ecclesiastes 7 verse 9 says, Do not be hasty in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Do not be eager in your heart to be angry. Do not be quick in your spirit to be angry. Anger is universal among all men and women. Yesterday, I was coming back from Elam and I stopped at Spar. As I was turning off of the tar road onto Spar, into Spar. In the other parking lot, I saw a man grab a woman by her hair and begin to hit her. I was shocked, but I stopped the bucky. I put it in park and left all of our kids in and ran over there and shouted, stop, stop. He was pummeling her. He let her go as I came nearer and began shouting at her and she began shouting at him. Where did that come from? Have you ever done that? Shouting, hitting, being hit. I want to ask some questions about anger tonight and try to understand what is anger, where does it come from, and what we can do to fight against it. Because even if you are a calm or a quiet person, It is hard for me to think that you do not get angry. So let us study tonight this idea. Negatively, an angry man must deal with a God who judges anger. That's my thesis from the negative side. An angry man must deal with a God who judges anger. Or positively... Blessed are the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. God gives no blessing to the angry one, but there's a blessing for the gentle one. First of all, what is anger? That's the first question. If you're taking notes, you'll see number one, what is anger? I'm going to give you two definitions, a short one and a long one. But the short one is still about 15 words. Here it is. Here's the short definition. Anger is one will set against another. One will, one mind, one one heart set against another so that the eyes, voice, or body are turned toward violence. When my will is set against your will so that my 
eyes, my voice, or my body are turned toward violence. You could maybe add to that and say my thoughts, my words. That's a short definition. How can we know this? Here, let me give you seven marks. And they work on a scale. They start from the smallest one and then work upward. So if you have number seven, you have full-blown anger. Number one, the eyebrows go down. The eyebrows are down. Number two, the corners of the mouth are down. Number three, the voice goes up. Number four, interrupting other people. Number five, cursing or harsh, ungracious words. Words that are, you would not say those words normally. Number six, unstoppable shouting. Number seven, beating or physical attack. Those are seven marks for the short definition. Let me give you a long definition. This comes from Noah Webster's dictionary. In 1828, almost 200 years old. And the brilliant thing about this dictionary is that the dictionary often sounds like a sermon. That's a dictionary. The words are defined like a Christian would define them. Here's what anger is in 1828. It's long. It's about 30 words here, so it might be hard for you to write it down. But just listen here to the definition of anger. Noah Webster. Anger is a violent passion of the mind excited by a real or imagined injury usually accompanied with a propensity to take vengeance or to obtain satisfaction from the offending party. A violent passion of the mind that comes from a real or an imagined injury. So maybe you did something bad to me or maybe I just think you did something bad to me. Usually it is accompanied with an attitude to hit back. Or somehow make the other person pay. What is anger? Now I'm going to give it to you in one word definitions. Hatred, wrath, fury, displeasure. But anger is like coldness or darkness. You can't quite tell when exactly it's cold. Is it cold today? Or will it be cold when it's 10 degrees Lower. What if it was one degree warmer? Would it still be cold? Two degrees. Three? Where exactly does cold come? If it's 15 degrees right now, is it cold at 20? 21? 22? 24? We know by the time it gets to 35, it's not cold anymore. But where exactly does cold start? That's hard to tell. Where does darkness start? 515, 522. Anger is on a scale. It's a spectrum. 
So we as Christians need to guard ourselves from the beginning. For even as I put in the definition, when the mind is turned towards violence. You might not even be violent yet, but is your mind pointing in that direction? Is it, if it kept going on this road, would it reach violence? So I have a question. Is anger a sin? And the answer is no and yes. So can you tell me when anger is a sin? Answer that in your own mind. When is anger a sin and when is anger not a sin? It's actually very simple and you might know the answer already. Is anger a sin? No. When you are angry at sin. Yes, when you are angry at anything else. It really is that simple. Read your Bible and see if you can find one example anywhere in the Bible where someone was angry and it was good. You'll always find that anger was directed at sin. I'm going to give you some examples. Open your Bibles to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Does this sound like anger to you? Psalm 139, verse 19. One thirty-nine, verse nineteen, nineteen to twenty-two. That's four verses. Who can read those for us? Oh, that you will slay the wicked, O God, O man of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not know those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. David wrote this psalm and he believed it was right for him to hate and loathe. And to ask God to kill the wicked. That's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Go, go back to 1 Samuel 13. 1 Samuel 13. <clears throat> 1 Samuel 13, verse... I'm sorry, 1 Samuel 15. 1 Samuel 15. I believe it's verse 35. 1 Samuel 15, verse 32. 1 Samuel 15, verse 32. Daneo, can you read that, please? Sure. Verse 33. But Samuel said, 
As you saw the brave woman childless, so will your mother be childless among women. And Samuel put Agar to death before the Lord at Gilgal. Then Samuel Stop there. Samuel put Agag to death. Does your Bible have something else other than put to death? Yes. Danielle, what does your Bible say? I'm sorry, uh, Dakota, what does your Bible say? Not put to death, but what does it say? Hacked. Keep going. Do you know what hack means? It means to take banga, rufango, and hit over and over like a woman cutting down the firewood. You can't do that without anger. And he did it before the Lord. God, God was not there, but Samuel did that as an act of worship for this wicked king. But you say, that's the Old Testament. Okay, let's see the New Testament. Go to Colossians 3, verse 5. New Testament, Colossians 3, verse 5. Colossians 3, verse 5. And who will read that one for us? As soon as you hear some pages, calm down, you can read it, Amy. Colossians 3, verse 5. Go ahead, Amy. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Keep going to verse 6. Kill them. Put them to death because these things bring God's wrath. Do you see that? You can kill them or God will pour his wrath on them. That's the options. Do you see those two options? Either you kill them or God's wrath comes on them. That's what it says in verse 6. Because of these things' sake, the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. Those things deserve anger. Sin. Sin deserves anger. But nothing else. Proverbs 29.22 An angry man stirs up strife. A hot-tempered man abounds in transgression. Galatians 5. You're in Colossians 3. Go back to the book of Galatians. You're very close to Galatians. Just go back a few pages to Galatians 5. Galatians 5.19 Now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these adultery, fornication uncleanness sensuality that's the first four those are all sexual sins then look in verse 20 Idolatry, witchcraft, number three in verse 20, hatred, disputes, jealousy, wrath, strife, seditions, 
divisions. Verse 21, envyings, murders. And then the last two are kinds of partying. I counted eight of those that have something to do with anger. In the works of the flesh, he lists four that have to do with immorality and fornication. And eight that have to do with anger. Is anger a sin? No, if your anger is directed at sin. Yes, if your anger is directed at anything else. Uh, Joel James, a godly pastor in Pretoria, told me that he believes anger is one of those attributes of God that maybe we could call it circumstantial. That is, Joel told me, Pastor James told me, in his view, anger is not part of God's character. It's only here as long as sin is here. Before God made the world, was there anger? In heaven, will there be anger? Now, I don't quite agree with that. But it was very interesting for me to think about that. Is there any other attribute of God that has such a relationship to the physical earth and the the created world? Is there any other attribute that did not have such a full expression before God made the world? When it was only the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, they had love because they loved each other. They had joy because they rejoiced in each other. They had beauty because they had each other. They had unity. They had simplicity. They had order. They had transcendence. They had complexity. They had power. They had creativity. Did they have anger? I think they did, but it wasn't in the same way that it is now. It wasn't manifest at all. And yes, even in the future, anger will be manifested because the lake of fire is eternal. But what was very helpful, what was, I think, the most powerful insight from Pastor James when he said, He brought out the fact that anger is unusual. It's unique in the attributes of God because it manifests itself uniquely in the created world. The Father never manifested anger toward the Son before the foundation of the world. But He manifested all His other attributes to the Son and the Son to the Spirit. So now I have the next question to ask. Question number three. And I think it's going to be an easy question. You're going to know the answer immediately. But I have to ask it. And try to answer it in five different ways. Question. Can God be angry? Think with me to the historical judgments. 1500 years after God made Adam and Eve, there was a flood. And Genesis 7 verses 21 to 23 says, The waters came over all the high mountains and all flesh died. Everything that had breath in it died. The right picture of the flood is not 
a cartoon arc with funny animals sticking their heads out. And a cartoon Noah laughing. The right picture of the ark is, is too terrible to let children see. It's God pouring out his anger on a million or a hundred million or maybe even a billion sinners. It's, it's the idea of sinners clawing at the ark, shouting until their voices are drowned out. It's terrible. What about the fire of Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 19? Twelve chapters later, but several hundred years later. The fire that falls from heaven. How can you escape that? It's falling down on you. The destruction of the Egyptians. Just imagine that hundreds and thousands of people in Exodus 14 going through the Red Sea as, you, as the wa- walls of water fall down on them. And the Bible says that God took the wheels off their chariots so that none of them would escape. What about in 1 Samuel 15? We just read a verse from there. Where God said, I want all of the Amalekites destroyed. Man and woman, baby and infant. And all the cattle. And all the sheep. Don't leave any of it. That's a demonstration of God's anger. The destruction of Jerusalem in Matthew 24 verse 2. The battle of Armageddon in Revelation 19. And in Revelation 20, verses 7 through 10, the final battle at the end of the millennium. God is angry at sin, and even the Lord Jesus Christ is angry at sin. Mark 3, verse 5. After looking around at them with anger, he was grieved at the hardness of their heart. Jesus had anger while on earth as a man. And he calls us to follow in his steps. We should be angry at the things Jesus is angry at. Revelation 19 verse 15. From the mouth of our Lord Jesus Christ comes a sharp sword so that with it he may strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. Psalm 2 verse 12. Kiss the son, so that he will not become angry. For his wrath may be quickly kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. The son does become angry. There are two indisputable proofs of the anger of God. Can you tell them to me? The lake of fire. A lake of fire that will not end is an indisputable proof that God's anger goes on forever. And Jonathan Edwards says, I believe that their sins will go on forever. Since they are not regenerate, they will go on in hell, cursing and despising the goodness of God and hating Everything about him. And because they go on in their sins, hell must go on forever. Because their sins will go on forever. 
God's wrath is eternal. That's a sure proof of his anger. And just think, no one enters hell willingly at the last day. They will be cast into hell. It is against their will. A stronger will, one who is greater and mightier than them, will impose his will on them. And they will do his bidding at that time. It is a terrible demonstration of his anger. And what is the second great demonstration of God's anger? The cross. And we sing, on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid, and that proves the point. He was angry at sin on the cross. Because 2 Corinthians 5.21 says Christ was made sin. And so God's wrath was directed there at sin. The cross is the demonstration of God's anger. So yes, God can be angry and he is angry. And we are to be like God. We are to follow him and to be godly. As he despises sin, let us despise sin. So that brings up the question, is anger common? I would say look at the world. Have you ever seen people who are angry while they're driving? Have you ever seen people angry or fighting? Maybe when you pass by. Look at history. All the wars were started over anger. You don't start a war over joy. It starts over anger. Look at your own family. I know that I can speak confidently, though I do not know your family. Because it's such a part of human experience that we are all tempted with anger. Moses was the most gentle man of all the earth, but he was angry with the children of Israel. And so he struck the rock and said, must we bring water out of this rock? And he said it in his anger. Look at your own family. Look at your own heart. Do you drive? What was the last time you gave a rude comment, even if it was under your breath? Or that thought in your mind, "Ah, look at that jerk. Where did that come from? Did that come because you loved your neighbor as yourself? Look at your own heart, at the way you handle your children. This is one of the reasons I wrote this sermon. Because how I am tempted with my dear little ones whom I love. How can it be that I love them and yet I turn toward, toward them with anger? Not only at their sin, but at them. Where did that come from? It is very common. Question number five. Why is anger such a terrible sin? Let me try to give you a few reasons why anger is such a terrible sin. First of all, because all sin is worse than we think. Secondly, anger is dreadful because... 
It shows that we have broken the first commandment. We did not love God. Has anyone loved God at the moment that you're angry? At the moment that you're angry at that other person, are you really directing love to God? No. All of your energy, because we are not infinite. We cannot love and hate at the same time as God can. God did not stop loving his son on the cross, even as he poured out his wrath on the cross. And Psalm 5 verse 5 says, he hates all sinners. But we know John 3.16 says he loves the world. God is able to do what we cannot because he's infinite in his energy and in his mind. We are not. And when we are angry at that other person, are we loving them and are we loving God? That's the second reason anger is dreadful. The third reason, anger is dreadful because it brings such terrible consequences. Think about what comes from anger. I've been reading history the last few weeks. All of the wars in all the history of the world came from anger. The two million Vandevele that were killed by the Zulus, it came from anger. When two rival Shangan tribes warred just over here to the south, around Sukhmakar, a little over 120 years ago, that was from anger. World War II and World War I. All the wars in human history, every divorce that's ever happened came from anger. Broken friendships came from anger. All the murders in the world. I didn't say deaths. I said murders. You might accidentally die or accidentally kill someone, but you can't accidentally murder. Murder is intentionally taking someone else's life without a just cause. Rape. All of these are the consequences of anger. Number four, anger is dreadful because it drugs the mind. Richard Baxter, whom I'm going to read just now, says repeatedly, anger is like drunkenness. It drugs the mind. Proverbs 19, verse 19. A man of great anger will bear the penalty. If you rescue him, you will only have to do it again. Why? Because angry people are going to fall back into that. It's a sin that keeps coming back. Number five. Anger is dreadful because it uniquely brings many other sins with it. Listen to these nine sins. I've grouped them in sections of three. Having to do with others, ourself, and God. Three sins that almost always come with anger. Sins toward other people. What are they? Tell me, what might you do to someone else? What will commonly happen? How will you commonly sin against others if you're angry? Violence. Lying. Cursing. Toward yourself. Self-justification. Self-righteousness. When you're angry, when you're angry, do you ever see... All the things you did wrong? No, when you're angry, it's that kid. 
You don't notice how you were a bad dad toward that kid. It's just that kid doesn't listen to anything I say. Yeah, but did you realize this and this? Hey, hey, stop it, stop that. that it's that one. You're justifying yourself. Self-righteous. You tend to see everyone else is bad, but you, I'm doing right. And the third one, self-pity. These, look at what I've got to deal with. If you had to live with that woman, that's what the man told me yesterday as he's hitting her. I said, hey, stop, stop. He said, oh, this woman, you don't have to live with that woman. I thought, well, you, you chose, Right? Whole time, it's on my phone. He's kept he's shouting, "That woman! That woman!" What's he saying? Oh, if only you had to do what I have to do. Live with a woman as bad as that. Does he ever think what's it like to live with someone who hits you? What if that woman were three times the size she was? What if she were ten meters tall and she could step on you? Maybe she thinks the same way. What if you had to live with him? Sins toward God. Three sins that come toward God. That commonly come when we're angry. Godless thoughts. Have you ever, have you ever had great insight into the nature of the Trinity when you're angry? When you're angry, do you really want to read a book like this? When you're angry, do you just say, let's just take the hymnal and sing. It's godless thoughts that are in our mind. God is not in their thoughts. That's why Romans 3 tells us God is not in all their ways. There is no fear of God before them. Second sin toward God. Rebellion. Rebellion against God. When we're angry, what are we saying? The world is running in this way and I don't like it. Well, who made the world to run in that way? God. I don't like it this way. I don't want it to go that way. The third sin against God is ingratitude. Angry people are not grateful people. I got that insight and I added that after Dennis Prager. Angry people are ungrateful people. They're not thinking, I'm so blessed to have this little boy. They're thinking, that little boy, I can't take him. Number six, question number six. If you find that you are angry, what can you do? I want to close the sermon tonight with 28 points. If you find yourself angry, what can you do? And that's why I have this large book. Richard Baxter wrote this wonderful book. The Christian Directory. And I'd like to read to you. He gives us 28 directions for how to conquer anger. 12 of them are directions for meditation. Things that you should think about. And 16 of them are things that you should actually do. I'm going to read about 15 of them. And I'm just going to close the sermon with this tonight. So let me just take some time here. If you want, I'll let you borrow this book or I can copy it for you if you want these pages. 
Let me just read right now. I'm, I'm not going to read all of them. And the ones that I'm skipping are very good. But the ones that I'm reading to you are very, very good. May Just grab one or two of these and pray that the Lord will help you with these. I, I read this a few years ago and I just reread it in preparation for this sermon. <clears throat> Directions against sinful wrath or anger. Number one, remember that anger is an injury to humanity and a rebel against reason. Number two, oh, that's the part where he says, anger is a kind of madness, insanity, or drunkenness. Remember that you are a man and do not make yourself a beast. Number two, sinful anger is a pain of the mind. Why will you love a disease? Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Number four, number three, whatever number now. Observe how unlovely and unpleasing anger makes you to others. It deforms your face and takes away the sweetness of it, which used to appear calm and loving. If you always looked as you do when you are angry, would anybody love you? <laughs> you would scarce desire to have your picture drawn in your anger. Love not that which maketh you so ugly to others. <laughs> Next one. <clears throat> Consider how much other sin anger inclines you to. Wrath kindles wrath as fire kindles fire. When you are angry, you will make others angry. And he goes on to say... And you don't know what sins they will do in their anger. And you are responsible in some way. If you're angry and you make others angry and they go on and do further sins, you are in some sense responsible for that. Next one. Observe how anger makes you unfit for any holy duty such as prayer, meditation, or communion with God. <clears throat> God does not need to ask, have I need of mad men? Next one. It is a great dishonor to the grace of God that a servant of his should show the world that grace has no more strength, that it cannot rule a raging anger. We're showing to the world, look, God's grace is very powerful, but it's not that powerful. It can't stop my anger. Next one, the principal help against anger is in training the soul with the sense of God's authority on your heart and the sense of his mercy that has forgiven you. Train your soul to think that God is your boss and he has saved you by his mercy. Next one. Keep a humble soul that does not overvalue yourself. 
A proud man takes all things as intolerable that are said or done against him. That struck me. That struck me. Do you see what Baxter is saying? He's saying, yes, things, can, things are done against you. Overlook them. Let them go. Only a proud man gets angry at the little things. Things are going to be said and done against you all the time. Just overlook them. And I, I, I struggle with that. I wrote an H down right there for humility. And I, I said, I need to pray for this. When this little thing is done, when my child or my wife or my friend or my church member or a sinner does this little thing, just overlook it. Am I so proud as to think, huh, I get angry over this. Proud men get angry very quickly. He that thinks humbly of himself thinks meanly of all that is said or done against him. It means he doesn't take, he doesn't take much problem. If I'm really humble, go ahead and say something against me. Yeah, you're probably right. Pride is a most impatient sin and it makes an impatient person. There is no pleasing a proud person. Next direction. Remember that covetousness createth anger. For the covetous mind setteth so much by earthly things that every loss, every cross, every injury will be able to disquiet him and inflame his anger. Neither neighbor nor child nor servant can please a covetous man. Every little trespass or loss touches him and makes him impatient. Next direction. Stop your anger at the beginning before it goes too far. A little fire can be put out quickly. Next direction. Command your tongue, your hand, and your face. If you cannot presently quiet or command your anger... And so you will at least avoid the greatest part of the sin, even if you are still sinning in your heart. That's such good wisdom. If you can't stop all the sin, at least stop some of it. Next direction. Go away from the place and from the company, and then you will not be heated by any more contending words. Next direction. Avoid much talk or disputes or business with angry men. A man that is in danger of a fever must avoid those who have the plague. Next one. Do not meditate on injuries or provoking things when you are alone. Oh, that right there. That, that cut me. I'm supposed to be praying for my church. And this thing this guy said to me comes back to my mind. And I keep going over it. Like it's some candy that you just want to get all the sugar out of. And it's a poison that's destroying my soul. Do not meditate on injuries or provoking things when you are alone. Suffer not your thoughts to feed on them. Else you will be devils to yourselves. And tempt yourselves when you have no one else to tempt you. Oh, that's me. Is that not you? You're making yourself the devil. The devil is a tempter. He's an accuser. He's going to tempt you to sin. And he's not even there. And you are doing it to yourself. Why turn yourself into Satan? Next one. Keep your minds filled with lively thoughts of the exemplary patience and gentleness of Jesus. It was said of him that he was meek and lowly. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile again. When he suffered, he did not threaten. 
He left us an example that we should follow in his steps. He pronounced a, mis- a, a, he pronounced a special blessing on the meek, saying that those alone would inherit the earth. Next one. Look on others when they are angry and see how ugly it maketh them. Next one. Without any delay, confess the sin to those that stand by. And presently take the shame to yourself and shame the sin and honor God. This is in your power if you will, and it will be an excellent means to kill anger. Say to those that you are angry with, I find a sinful anger kindling in me, and I am beginning to forget God's presence and my duty. And I am tempted to speak provoking words to you, which I know God has forbidden me to do. Baxter goes on to say, if you talk that way, you will find it very hard to go on being angry because you have just said how shameful it will be. Next direction. Go presently to prayer to God for pardon and grace against the sin. Next direction. Covenant with some faithful friend to watch over you and rebuke your anger as soon as it begins to appear and promise them to take it thankfully and with a good heart. And then perform your promise so that you discourage not your friend. (laughs) Get your friend, whenever you get angry, you say, look, you stop me. And then make sure you don't get angry at your friend when you're getting angry yourself. Or else your friend will never tell you again, hey, stop that. (laughs) The next section, he has several pages. Directions against sinful fear. I think next Sunday we should do fear. Brothers and sisters, we need help. We're we're laughing because we know this is true of us, isn't it? We're laughing because we need help. I need help. How many times has this come up? How many times has this stopped my prayers? For you. For you. How many times has this stopped me from treating my children with gentleness? How many times have I replayed something, someone out there, I don't even know who they are, they cut me off at traffic. Someone cut me off here at the traffic circle. I thought about it half a dozen times just since coming home tonight. Why do I think about these things? Let us, let us all acknowledge where the root comes from and let us ask the Holy Spirit to give us help. Father, please send your Spirit. Oh, Jesus Christ, do not be far from us, though we have gone far from you. Do not be a stranger to us, though we have taken your word lightly. And by our words and by our actions shown that we do not believe that you give a blessing to the gentle. Forgive us and make us soft. Build us up by the word of God. And teach us that we would not be quick to be angry. Because anger rests in the bosom of fools. Save us tonight from this sin that has beset us. In Jesus name. Amen.